Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Hi, I'm Kim Bilotto, and my co-host is out sick today, Alvin Bailey, so we're hoping for a speedy recovery. Um, You know, today I want to talk a little bit about an event that happened yesterday. We've talked a lot about it on the radio, TEAK. TEAK, it stands for Texas Energy Advocates Coalition. And yesterday was our day to march on our state capitol. We had a lot of people attend, and I just wanted to tell you that um, if you didn't get a chance to join us, um, you know, session occurs every two years. It's so important to do your civic duty and to have your voice heard. And yesterday was the day for us to do this to help uh, our elected officials understand how important energy is to all of us. And that we know that um, while there are many things that they are facing of where do they put resources and energy from uh, the resources that come out of the state of Texas, we really wanted them to know that energy is one of the most important resources. The importance of it is obviously we receive a lot of revenue that is raised through oil and gas, through taxes, royalty owners, oil and gas companies pay. And with those resources, they are basically helping the great state of Texas. So it's a very important time. And yesterday when we went, we really had a great time. We got to meet a lot of elected officials. We had a rally. We listened to uh, Chairwoman Christy Craddock, along with Senator Carlos Aristi, Port Commissioner of Corpus Christi, John LaRue, along with the Vice President of Steer, Haley Curry, and many more speakers. And, and really, we had a great day of unifying our voice that energy is important. And so I encourage you um, to join Teak. Go now to shellmag.com and click on the Teak button, T-E-A-C, and join. It doesn't cost anything to join and get involved and get engaged. The more involved you are, the more you are building your business, building your network, along with having your voice be heard. Teak, by the way, is one of the fastest growing networks that you can join for free. So if you're interested in growing your business, If you're interested in uh, having your voice be heard, or if you're interested in learning more about oil and gas, please, I welcome you. Join our group. I want to hear from you. Please go to shellmag.com. Again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com, and click on the Teak button. And now it's time for our very own associate editor of Shell Magazine, our resident energy and policy expert, David Blackman. David, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. You know, we got a lot of exciting things to talk about. Um, but first, I just you know wanted to let you know, I know we're going to talk about natural gas. And uh, it's an important topic. We were visiting our state capitol yesterday, the Teak members, and uh, we had a lot to talk about for the expansion of natural gas. And so I want to jump right in and, and get in your opinion on, you know, we, we, we have rig count on, the rig counts are on the rise, which is strengthening the oil prices, correct? But yet it seems like there's, that's not quite happening with natural gas. So tell me a little bit about what you think is happening here. Well, with natural gas, you just have uh, too much gas and too little demand. I mean, you just... Uh perpetual situation uh, since the advent of all these gigantic shale plays uh, all over the country. 
there's just so much natural gas to be drilled and 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 drilling each well has become so much more efficient in terms of the cost and the ability to maximize production from each well that uh, the industry is able to maintain overall production with fewer and fewer rigs. At the same time, demand has not grown uh, as rapidly as everyone had hoped it would. Uh, LNG exports are helping to some extent, but again, the Chenier plant is the only LNG export facility operable at this time. There's going to be two or three more coming online later this year, and that will help with the export situation. But the big thing was, you know, this winter started off, uh, everybody thought it was going to be a pretty cold winter, and it started that way. But then here over the last three to four weeks, it's kind of petered out. And uh, and that has meant that we haven't drawn down storage as much as, as the industry really needed to, to draw it down. And so there's just an abundance of gas in storage, an abundance of gas being produced, and not enough of it being used. And so that causes the price to weaken back down below $3 again. And uh, you know, it's just kind of a perpetual situation for the next several years, I think, because every time the price jumps up over 3 or $4, uh, there's going to be new rigs come online, and we'll drill ourselves back down into a lower price. Right. Well, you know, I think also Mexico uh, is destined to be one of the largest buyers since they're increasing mm-hmm. natural gas, right? So, But that's going to take some time to to get that to come online. And I know that there's- Yeah, a- and that's helping. I mean, you know, there's been a couple of new uh, pipelines go online here over the last year down in Mexico. And, and there is a lot of gas going into Mexico, but there's just so much here in the U.S. that, that can go there. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it's an abundance of, of riches. I mean, it really is an embarrassment of riches in terms of the amount of natural gas we have in this country. And so it's it's going to be this way for a long, long time. CNG, the the facility stops, they are also using natural gas, but they turn it a different way, right? Or they process it a different way, right? You know, they compress the natural gas to to make it into a liquid, basically, uh, that you're able to put into a tank and fuel your car with. Uh, And we've had, you know, we've gone from just a handful of CNG fueling stations in 2011 to over 100 now or over 80 now, uh, going to be 100 by the end of this year. And so that's been really great progress here in Texas. And you've had a lot of big truck fleets convert over to natural gas from diesel. So that's that, you know, that all helps. And a lot of coal plants uh, are being converted to natural gas all over the country. And But it's, you know, it's a slow prog- progression. And uh, yeah, so the demand is slowly rising, but uh, at the same time, we just have the capacity to produce so much natural gas right. that, uh, you know, there's always going to be abundance of supply on the market. Well, sometimes, you know, looking at that, it's, uh, you know, a clean burning fuel and we have an abundance of it and it's cheap. Uh, while it's not really good right now, it is good for us in the future. Um, oh, yeah. So, David, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit and talk a little bit about what seems to be a big thing in the media, which is, again, the Dakota Access Pipeline. Give us an update on what's going on out there. Well, Wednesday was the deadline to close down the the protest site there on the floodplain um, that that, causes water to drain into the Missouri Rivershed. There were about 300 protesters still on the site at the beginning of the week in spite of repeated requests by the local Indian tribes and the state and the Army Corps of Engineers that they vacate. They 
there, there are so many permanent structures and abandoned automobiles and open latrines and about four tons of trash out there on the site uh, that they really need to get in there and get all that mess out of there uh, before all they've had record snowfall up in the hills there in North Dakota this winter. And, and when that snow starts melting, that is going to become a big flood that's going to flood all the way, you know, just into the Cannonball River, which flows into the Missouri River. And uh, if all that mess is still there, it's going to pollute the water. And uh, ultimately, the local drinking water resource for, for the communities and the Indian tribes in the area. So that's why these people need to get out of there. Uh, it's why uh, the state and the, the Standing Rock Sioux tribe have been begging them to leave since December. But um, most of them did leave on, on Wednesday before the 2 o'clock deadline, but about 50 of them refused to leave. They were given another night, but then on Thursday, uh, supposedly, uh, the, the local officials and, and the federal officials were going to go in and, and either, you know, uh, get them to voluntarily leave or arrest them. And uh, it's a shame it comes to that. Uh, it's incredibly, just amazingly irresponsible for people who claim to be environmentalists to be behaving that way. Um, the other thing that they did as a parting gift to, to the local area was uh, on Wednesday morning, uh, prior to the deadline, they set three of the big permanent buildings that they had illegally built on this floodplain on fire. So in addition to polluting the rivers, they're polluting the air. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just incredible. So and, so, uh, the, so maybe the moral to the story is be careful who you invite to come to your protest because they well, may, that's right. They may want not. They might turn on you too and might just decide to become the unwelcome house guest that will not leave <laughs> despite <laughs> exactly. the fact that you've asked. I mean, the tribal community has has actually gone and ordered them to leave through the court system. Correct. Well, they've you know they've they've gone, you know, tried everything they can. And of course, the irony of the situation is that, you know, the Standing Rock Sioux tribe did invite these protesters to come to the site last August to begin with. And uh, I don't think they expected 8,000 people to show up, nor did I think they expected uh, a bunch of people that uh, were willing to engage in rioting and, and violence against local law enforcement officers to, to be a part of it. But that's what's happened to them. It's been, it's been over 700 people arrested out there since last September. 94% of them were from out of state, not not North Dakota residents. Out of state, but still American citizens. And I'm sorry, there's just absolutely no excuse for any American citizen to be acting this way. It's an embarrassment to us yeah. all, truly. So uh, as yeah. an update, isn't to give me an update, how far is the pipeline from completion? Uh, Energy Transfer announced on Thursday morning that it was 99% complete and they will, it should be online here within the next couple of weeks. And, so all of this know, so was the, the for nothing. The fight is over. Yeah, and the that's, fight's that's over. Right. That's the, the really sad thing, but it's all over. It's done. It's there's they no need to reason. go. They need to go yeah. home. The last fifty need to go home, and thankfully, they've given them yeah. a bus ride and a hotel stay. Well, David, thank you so much for giving us the weekly update on what's going on. Protesters go home, and we look <laughs> forward to having you on the show next week again when we can get caught up on more of the political scene and the oil scene. Thank you, David. All right. All right. Talk to you then. Thank you. Thanks again, David, for being on the show. We've got to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. You know, great companies take great care of their employees. 
Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire. From pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more, trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com. Welcome back to End the Oil Patch Radio Show. Today, we have a very special guest, David Holt, who is the president of Consumer Energy Alliance. David, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kim. David, first things first, I'd like to start off by talking a little bit about what Consumer Energy Alliance is. You guys are an organization uh, that focuses on energy, but tell me a little bit more. Yeah, we we started, uh, we just started our 11th year. So it's a national, essentially a trade association focused only on energy. So what does energy mean to the rest of the U.S. economy? What does energy mean to hospitals? to restaurants, to small businesses, to families and households all across the country. So our members are really kind of those grassroots people that are following uh, politics a little bit, are following energy, understand what energy means to them in their daily lives, and want to see a sensible energy policy in this country that's based on energy diversity. It's oil, it's natural gas, it's wind, it's solar, it's energy efficiency. It's kind of that all-the-above approach. But really, in the near term, recognizing that oil and natural gas are the dominant resources that we're all going to need. So our membership now, in our 11th year, we have uh, just under 300 corporate members. The vast majority of our members are re- literally the rest of the U.S. economy. So farmers and manufacturers and, and iron and steel industry and plastics and IT professionals and hospitals and restaurants and small business but we also have energy producers, oil, natural gas, wind, solar, hydro, nuclear, coal, energy efficiency, energy conservation groups. But again, most of our members are, are not energy producers. And we also have now over 450,000 individual members all over, the, all over the nation who receive our newsletter, who get our calls to action, who participate in, in public forums, who make their voices heard through Consumer Energy Alliance to say, you know what, energy matters to us, and these groups that are out there saying no to energy, all energy resources, whether it's hydraulic fracturing or pipelines increasingly now, our transmission lines for wind, we're seeing opposition to all those groups. So what we try to do is give a voice to those Americans who are uh, being thoughtful about these issues and and understand the implications for price and, and supply and and electricity costs at their at the household level or electricity costs for those small businesses that can't afford to pay more and who are employing 50, 60 folks, you know, the, the, the backbone of America. 
Um, so we're involved now. We've grown over the 11 years. We have operations in 20 states around the country. Uh, headquartered here in Houston, as you mentioned, also have a good office in Washington, D.C., office in uh, Denver, Colorado, Lexington, Kentucky, Little Rock, Arkansas, uh, Jacksonville, Florida, Anchorage, Alaska, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Columbus, Ohio. So it's a, a, a good mix um, and a good geographic mix for, for our members and, and hopefully trying to make a difference in the energy debate. You know, that's so important. And uh, you mentioned something that uh, really struck a chord of me right now, which is, you know, Texas has always been an energy-producing state. And um, I think in Texas, the majority of us get how important it is to uh, focus on energy as a topic and diversify it is, is important as well. But we really have, as of recently, started to see um, organizations that are keeping in the ground, green uh, organizations that tend to not want to uh, have any resources being pulled out uh, in the way of oil and gas. And, um, you know, the strange thing is, is if we see that um, the ban that passed in Denton, Texas, uh, and we have protesters in the Permian Basin area, while they're small, they're there. And we have opposition in, in energy towns that uh, don't want or question having a, um, a uh, refinery in their backyard there's problems with uh, people not quite understanding that this is a very safe industry that um, has a very good track record when you look at the industry as a whole and and in the importance of how important it is here in Texas and how uh, businesses really gain uh, and the community from these resources is so important. So I commend what uh, Consumer Energy Alliance is doing. Um, It's a great organization. You guys have been around for a long time. And so uh, our listeners, if you're interested in the topic, you should look up Consumer Energy Alliance. Um, I want to um, change gears just a little bit. Um, You know, you guys are doing some amazing things in Houston. Some of them are geared at kids and um, the community as a whole. When we get back from break, I want to talk about your famous energy day. And you are listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show. We will be right back. Are you looking for an opportunity to connect with hundreds of professionals in the energy industry and learn about current trends, which will shape every aspect of energy for years to come? Join us for the 2017 Women's Energy Network National Conference from April 26th through the 28th at the brand new Marriott Marquis Hotel in downtown Houston. The theme of this year's conference is Energy Resilience Refueling Innovation, featuring presentations and panels by industry leaders to educate you about emerging issues, inspire you to lead, and orient you to the challenges facing each sector. The event will include keynote presentations from Judy Smith, Inspiration4, and co-executive producer of the hit series, Scandal. A presentation from Jack Gerard, CEO and President of the American Petroleum Institute, and an industry keynote panel featuring Elizabeth Killinger, President of NRG Retail and Reliant, Jody Markopoulos, GE Oil and Gas Chief Operating Officer, and CJ Warner, Tesoro Executive Vice President of Operations, as well as four diverse breakout tracks for you to select based on what fits your needs and career stage. In addition, there will be mentoring circles, an expo hall where you can speak with sponsors, and a LinkedIn corner where you can update your profile, speak with recruiters, and even take a new headshot. 
Registration includes a wine tasting, fitness events, and other social activities at the beautiful Marriott Marquis, the host hotel for Super Bowl 51, as well as a Texas-shaped pool and access to excellent dining and entertainment options in downtown Houston. You can sign up at our website, www.womensenergynetwork.org. And as a reader of Shell Magazine, you're eligible for a discount registration code. If you can't attend our conference, you can visit the site to join as a WIN member and participate in informative luncheons and networking events throughout the year. We hope that you join us at the 2017 WIN National Conference, April 26th through the 28th. For more information, visit www.womensenergynetwork.org. Amerijet's global cargo network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. With over 40 years of experience in the energy industry, we will help drive your excellent performance. Shipping general cargo, oversized, heavy lift, hazardous material, or mission-critical cargo? Amerijet is your full-service logistics provider, offering air charter, airport-to-airport, cross-border trucking, and express shipping. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S. with more than 625 destinations worldwide. We provide global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Your company will benefit from compliance with the highest safety and environmental standards, 24-7 security and surveillance, and online tracking. Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. For the best in customer satisfaction, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Once again, that's 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. And we are back and you are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Holt, the president of Consumer Energy Alliance. David, before we went to break... Um, I I brought up that you guys do every year an amazing event geared at the citizens of Houston. And actually, you kind of do them all over uh, the United States or have the possibility of doing it all over the United States. It's something that's called Energy Day. Tell me a little bit about what is Energy Day and what's its mission. Yeah, thanks, Kim. It's We started Energy Day seven years ago. Or we're, I guess we're about to have this coming October our seventh Energy Day in Houston And really the premise was energy, again, in CEA's mission, energy impacts everyone. And STEM education, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics mean so much to energy, and energy means so much to STEM education. So it was a way for us to to reach to younger potential voters and obviously future influencers around the country to, one, keep them in school, keep them engaged in STEM education, because all the research shows that if you don't have kids engaged in science and technology and engineering by that sixth, seventh, or eighth grade, you kind of lose them. So our target audience is that seventh, eighth grader that's you know entering high school, starting to maybe a little bit thinking about what they're they want to do, but certainly gravitating to things that interest them in the classroom. So because more than fifty percent of the Houston workforce is employed in some way in the energy space. And Houston is, of course, the energy capital of the United States, if not the world. We wanted to find a way that connects energy to STEM education, to uh, outreach to all the independent school districts in the greater Houston metropolitan community, work with the mayor of the city of Houston and other city leaders uh, to find a good way to, to, to have a series of events throughout the year where we can have competitions for, for kids, K through 12th graders in the great, greater Houston area, for them to do an energy-related STEM competition. Um, so we've partnered with the Houston Science Fair. We partnered with the Houston Museum of Natural Science. 
Uh, we partnered with various independent school districts around. We partnered with a group called the Energy City of the Future and, and of course, with the Houston mayor. So we have about seven or eight different competitions from January to August every year where we uh, bring in about 4,000 or 5,000 different Houston students and teachers and others to engage in you know, energy STEM competitions. And then at Energy Day, which is the third Saturday of October every year, all those students and thousands more are invited back for this big free family festival that we have in a downtown Houston park. Uh, the mayor shows up. We had about 30,000 attendees last year. Uh, we had about uh, 85 exhibitors and sponsors that are talking about all forms of energy and giving really good demonstrations for kids and their families about what energy means to them in their daily life. So um, it's really become, it's, it's now the third largest festival in the city of Houston every year behind the 4th of July and, and Earth Day. Uh, and rapidly growing, we've uh, it'll it'll be a while before we can beat Fourth of July, but we've got Earth Day in our sights, uh, and we're hoping in the next year or two we'll be larger than the Earth Day Festival in the city of Houston. And and as you did mention, in the the, the third Saturday of September this year, we're also going to have an Energy Day in Denver, Colorado, uh, and we're looking at other cities to add Energy Day um, as we connect to other school districts around the country. Uh, working with state governors and uh, elected officials at the at the state level and the local level to bring an energy day to to you know cities near you, and of course we're always looking to partner with different groups that are interested in, in helping us host energy day and and bringing this out to the masses because we think it's a it's a real worthwhile and rewarding exercise for all our volunteers that participate in energy day because it's you do see the immediate return when these these kids are so excited about making the connection of something that they're doing in their science class at school with maybe this is something that they stay in science. This is a cool job that they could have in, you know, 10 years. So it's uh, it's it's a wonderful event. Our, our folks that pull that together do a great job. And, and uh, we're real happy with the partnership we have, of course, with the city of Houston and all the school districts around the, the greater Houston community and, and looking to expand it into Denver and, and other cities soon. Well, David, I do have to say that anything that we can do to help promote this event, because we truly believe in it, parents, uh, this is an amazing event to get your children involved in. Because, you know, David, we know that most of the energy jobs that are there and um, are being hired, these are high paying great jobs to have and so it begins young and it begins with parents involvement and in introducing them into stem related uh, educational disciplines and and helping them see the future that uh, energy is one of the best forms of uh, of work and employment and a career that you can go you're, into you're absolutely right and it's uh you know a picture says a thousand words and and uh if if folks go to energydayfestival.org uh, our, our video of the, uh, the October 2016 Energy Day is up there, and you can see in about two minutes, you know, kind of a snapshot of, of what, it, what Energy Day looks like and how much fun these kids are having and, and um, how it in, really engages them. Fabulous. Well, David, we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we will be right back. Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. 
call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the Kalig Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656 and let's talk. The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs. And we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day -day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can always email me a Bailey at KaligAuto.com. That's A Bailey, B A I L E Y, at Kalig, K A H L I G, Auto, A U T O.com. I look forward to seeing you down the road. You are listening to In the Wool Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Holt, the president of Consumer Energy Alliance. David, I want to switch gears just a little bit. You know, there's a lot of uh, discussion on pipeline right now, um, a lot of media coverage has been. Uh, more leaning towards that pipelines are not good um, or they're not good for us, they're not good for America. And I, I want to really discuss uh, infrastructure development and our Pipeline for America campaign that you guys have. It's aimed at educating families and small businesses about how they are impacted by this development. Yeah, in September of last year, 20, September 2016, we launched – uh, at the CEA membership request, really, you know, the CEA members, uh, the corporate members, and, and some individual members kept seeing these protests for pipeline. You saw the one in North Dakota. You've seen pipeline protests in the in the Northeast, in the Mid Atlantic states, in the the Southern states. It's really kind of proliferated all around the country, uh, similar to what we're seeing with other energy projects. But uh, the, I think the pipeline issue has become a little more acute following the, the Keystone XL pipeline decision or the delayed decision from the, from the previous presidential administration. Um, so there was this you know, very loud discussion around pipelines. Uh, in our opinion, it was a, by far a minority of folks in the country that were opposed to pipelines, but they were very vocal and they understood the media and they were doing a very good job of creating this kind of um, appearance of uh, a lot of opponents, a lot of opposition to pipelines. So at our members' request, we launched the Pipelines for America campaign in September, and it was really designed to do two things, Kim. It was, one, uh, focused outreach to families and small businesses in five regions of the country, the Northeast, the Mid-Atlantic, the, uh, the Southeast, the Midwest, and the Mid-Continent region. And uh, not focus on specific pipeline projects, but really focus on the need for pipelines generally. As the United States energy mix has changed, fundamentally changed in the last 10 years, more and more of our electricity needs are, are, are coming from natural gas. And based on our analysis, the average family, the average household, the average small business is not necessarily connecting in their minds pipelines and electricity. So first and foremost, we wanted to make sure that 
that was part of the discussion because these protesters are just protesting pipelines and they're talking about oh the potential for you know all kinds of calamities to to occur around pipelines which first and foremost are not true but I'll come back to that in a minute but they're not saying if you fail to build this pipeline your electricity rates are going to go up they're clearly not saying that so we wanted to make that connection in people's minds pipelines mean natural gas pipelines mean fuel oil pipelines mean money coming out of your household budget on a monthly basis if you fail to build pipelines there's going to be an impact there's going to be a consequence to failing to build these pipelines so in january of this year we came out with our study which was families communities and small businesses at risk by failing to build pipelines in this country so we looked at all the pipelines we took we took these protesters at their word and we said, protesters, you guys are, are protesting all these pipelines. What would happen if we failed to build the pipelines that you guys are protesting? So we looked at information for the, from the Department of Energy. We looked at information from the Department of Energy's Energy Information Administration and, and elsewhere. And we, we examined coal plants continuing to go away because of market forces. We examined the nuclear power plants in certain parts of the country going away based on the state's stated desire not to continue to permit those nuclear plants. And we said the only thing you can use really is natural gas. We, we do project increases in wind and solar, but the, the, the amount of wind and solar that would be needed is just, it's not just, it's just not feasible for them to, to achieve a 300% growth in, in solar power in the Northeast, for example, which is what it would take. So, Without these pipelines and reasonable forecasts for wind and solar, uh, projected forecasts for coal and, and natural and, and nuclear as, as the Department of Energy forecast them, we find that throughout the United States, we would lose 30%, actually 31% of our electricity generation capacity by 2030. That's only 13 years away. 30% of our electricity generation capacity is the equivalent of 12 states, 12 states would essentially go dark if we fail to build these pipelines. Secondarily, what do you think the cost would be for families on a fixed income, for small businesses that are you know, employing a few dozen folks that can't afford to pay two or $3,000 more a month for their electricity charges? What, what's going to happen to them? The implications are drastic, and in our opinion, Kim, the average protester that's been out there camping out at some of these sites and, and saying no to pipelines, that's our target audience because I do not believe that the average protester truly, truly understands that the implication for those at or below the poverty level for failing to build the pipelines is so dramatic, and if they did – I don't think they would be protesting. I, I couldn't because agree with you more. As a society, who, who do we want to protect more? We, we need to protect those that need a hand up, that, that need a little help in life. And if you're, if you're by definition saying my protest is going to raise this person's electricity rates and they can't afford to pay that, I don't think that's something that anyone would want to protest. So our, our overall campaign has been very successful. The report has been very well received. And obviously, I really appreciate you having me on your show today so we can talk a little bit about this. But it's um, the whole conversation in this country on energy, energy infrastructure, 
<clears throat> meeting our basic energy needs is so fundamentally upside down and wrongheaded and illogical. It's it's we, we need to do more from a consumer perspective yes. to get this headed in the right direction. It's head spinning. We are going to take a quick break, and when we return, I want to get back on this topic because it's really important. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy, from the day they're hired to the time they retire. From pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more, trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your employees' health care needs, health care that comes to you. Call 1-866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. And we are back. Our guest today is David Holt, the president of Consumer Energy Alliance, an amazing organization that brings you to the table talking about energy, all different forms of energy. Uh, So I encourage our listeners, go to their website, get informed, join the organization. If you want to learn more about energy, of course, there's our show, but also there is an organization in Houston and other areas of the United States that are willing to help you understand energy and energy topics more. But David, before the break, we were talking about uh, the lack of information on pipelines here in America. And it, it's a pretty easy topic if you know how important it is to the United States to continue to develop pipelines. So I want to get back on that and continue to unpack what we were discussing. Tell me a little bit about the expansion of natural gas since the repeal ban has, was lifted uh, last year. Well, you know, obviously with, with hydraulic fracturing and horizontal drilling, two very old technologies, and you hear a lot of these opposition groups continue to say these are kind of somehow new technologies, but both of these technologies are, are more than 50 years old. Uh, you know, the combination of those that led to hydraulic fracturing, which led to the energy revolution that we're experiencing here in the United States, which has led to the increased use of natural gas. Um, obviously, with cheaper, cleaner-burning natural gas, uh, the, the market decline we're seeing a little bit in coal and other other market choices, we're seeing more and more natural gas being used in electricity and electricity generation. So more and more of these turbines and uh, electricity power plants are being powered by natural gas. So when you flip on your light switch at home, more often than not now, it's it's natural gas that's allowing that to happen, which is a, which is a great thing for the country. So, David, there's there's hundreds of thousands of miles of pipeline already uh, underneath the United States. And these protesters that keep protesting that uh, pipelines are, we need to stop that, they're not, they're unsafe. Um, Isn't this the most, actually the safest way of transporting our energy is through pipelines, far more safer than by train or by a truck? Uh, You tell me, what is your research? It absolutely is. And in fact, there are more than, more than, hundreds of thousands of miles. There are millions of miles of pipelines in this country. It is by far the safest mode of transportation for 
uh, oil and natural gas and other consumed products that we use on a daily basis. I don't think, you know, listen, we're always going to need to use rail and we're always going to need to use trucks to transport energy in this country. But I don't think any of us want to see more trucks and more rail cars being used to, 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 to bring energy from the Bakken down to Oklahoma, which ultimately comes down to the Texas refinery uh, sector. We, we want to use pipelines. They are 99.9% safe. They are multiple times safer than, than truck and, and rail. Um, it is the, the, the best way, not even debatable, not debatable. It is by far the best way to bring oil and natural gas to markets. And I also want to go back to the point we made earlier. We have got to use oil and natural gas to meet our basic energy needs. Solar is great, but less than 1% of electricity comes from solar in this country. Wind is great. Less than 2% of our electricity power generation comes from wind. Both are rising. We'll need more. We'll continue to use more. I, we strongly support wind and solar as CEA, but we also need to be realistic and understand that for electricity generation, natural gas is now the number one electricity generation fuel in the country and will continue to be number one for decades to come. And I want to go back to what you said earlier about, so your uh, research is reflecting that, was it 12, 14 states uh, could relatively quickly be, if we do not continue with our pipeline process, could literally be in the dark? Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's, so it's the equivalent of 12 states. So 31% of electricity generation capacity in this country, which means your power, would go away by 2030 if we fail to build these pipelines. So that's equivalent of all the New England states, plus Texas, plus California, plus New Mexico, plus Arizona. Uh, I think that should equal about 12 states. I'll be leaving one out. But you see the size of the states and the potential for brownouts, blackouts, going without power if we fail to build these pipelines uh, is is dramatic. Right. And I remember as a child, I don't know, you know, uh, I'm one that I remember we would have rolling blackouts. And I have a home in Corpus, and we still have uh, outings all the time. You've got infrastructure issues that still have not quite caught up with the amount of people moving in. I mean, when we look at this as a society and we recognize that we need energy, energy actually, it cleans our planet in many ways. It actually helps us extend our life expectancy. It is absolutely necessary for convenience, for the life that we have become accustomed to. And the fact that we are opposed to pipelines, which is the safest method of transporting and keeping up with our evolving uh, you know country is is amazing to me that people are fighting this I don't understand what the alternative is since we do not have a reliable alternative and you know with that David I really encourage our listeners to go to Consumer Energy Alliance learn more get informed join the organization Continue to listen to Shell Magazine. But, David, before we go, give us your your website and some information where our listeners can go to to learn more about your organization. Yeah, yeah, consumerenergyalliance.org. Uh, you can learn more there. You can sign up to get our newsletter and, and weekly bulletins and, and all the rest and get, get organized or, or participate, rather. And then, obviously, we talked about Energy Day, which is energydayfestival.org, to learn about our STEM education and what we're doing there. 
Well, David, it's been great having you on the show. And for anybody listening, this will be added to shellmag.com. And you can go there and listen to the podcast and gather more information on Consumer Energy Alliance. Thank you, David. Tim, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks again, David, for being on our show. We look forward to hearing from you and hearing more on your Energy Day, which happens in the fall in Houston, Texas. And congratulations, you are the topic of today's trivia question. Be the first person to email us at radio at shellmag.com with the correct answer, and you're going to win a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, an amazing Brazilian steakhouse. Today's trivia question is, what is the name of the organization that David Holt is the president of? Remember, the first correct email to radio at shellmag.com will win that $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao. We've come to the end of the show. It's time to wrap it up. Until next week, adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.